Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapriset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I would like to continue the teaching regarding love and forgiveness. I taught on the Valentine Sunday, but I feel prompted by the Lord to continue this teaching. In my heart, I believe that this is one of the most important key teaching for every believer. Maybe because I am a physician and I have seen so many sick people Every day, I've seen so many people who are tortured and afflicted by sicknesses and diseases. And the longer I see this, I have to admit to you, I hate sickness. I hate disease. It's the enemy of mankind. Some people lose their marriage because of they are sick. Some people lose their job and become poor because they are sick. Some people died because they are sick. So, to me, I believe the sickness is a big enemy of humanity. And as a believer, we need to fight because we are still living in this sinful world. And sickness is everywhere around us, and we can be attacked as well. We're going to learn in this lesson how to stay healthy and live a long life together. Until the last day that God has given to us, Amen. Let me review a little bit about what I taught last time quickly. John chapter thirteen, thirty-four, and thirty-five. The Lord Jesus say, "A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, and as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another." Jesus said that He gave us the new commandment, that is to replace the old commandment, which is the Ten Commandment. It doesn't mean that the Ten Commandments are not important, but if you can walk in love, you will not do anything against the Ten Commandment. You will not lie to people. You will not cheat people. You will not steal from people. You will not commit fornication or adultery. You will not do any bad things because you love people. You don't want to hurt people. The Bible said that love does no harm to their neighbors. So when you love, you will not hurt anybody, or you will not contribute to the downfall or to the damage of people's life. Whether they are good or not good, you are not getting involved in damaging people. And we learn that this love comes from God. In the Old Testament, God wrote the Ten Commandments by His finger. Which is the Holy Spirit? The Bible says the finger of God is the Holy Spirit, and today God is writing the law of love, the new commandment, into our spirit, into our mind by His Holy Spirit. Romans chapter five verse five say, "And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us." That's the reason why our church love. The move of the Holy Spirit. The more Holy Spirit fill us, 
the more love we will have. Then we can walk in divine health. The Bible talk about being fruitful. John chapter 15 say, Jesus is the wine and we are the branches. The branches that do not produce fruit will be cut off. But the branch that will produce fruit will be pruned and will produce more fruit. What are the fruits? The fruits that remain. Two things. Number one, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? What is the first fruit? Love. So when you produce love, you produce fruit. And then the second fruit come on, that is many souls will be saved because you love people. People come in touch with you and they see that you are so loving. They want to come to church. They want to know Jesus more. And then many souls will be saved. You can bring the fruit of soul to the kingdom of God to heaven because you are walking in love. Hated Christian, bitter Christian, hard to save anybody because no one wants to be around bitter and resentful Christians. But loving Christian will bring soul in. I would like to read from John chapter 15 in verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Bear fruit of love, bear fruit of soul. More people will come in. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever. Everyone say whatever. You ask in my name. I mentioned about blank check last time. If you walk in love, the new commandment is to love. Verse 17 continue to say, this is my command. It's interesting. From verses 1 to 16, he talk about love. He talk about the new commandment is to love your neighbors, love one another. Then he talk about fruit. He talk about if you pray, God going to answer you. You want a parking spot. God going to give you the parking spot. Amen. God going to answer your prayer. Whatever you want, he's going to give to you if you obey his Great commandment, the new commandment. Verse 17, conclude, this is my command, love each other. Wow. Being fruitful, have the fruit of love, and then God will answer your prayer. I like another scripture that talk about whatever you ask, God can answer you. Mark chapter 11, 23 to 24 say, I tell you the truth. If anyone say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Everyone say, whatever he says. Blank check again. Therefore, I tell you, whatever, everyone say, whatever. You ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. It will be yours. But the Bible did not stop at verse 24. Verse 25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, if you hold grudges against anybody, you hate somebody, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You can see the connection between love, forgiveness, and the answering of the prayer from God. Whatever you ask, if you're sick, God's going to heal you because you forgive somebody. I preached this message two Sundays ago. And two persons have experience of forgiving and healing. I'd like to ask two sisters going to come up to give testimony, real-life testimony. 
I would like to ask Sister Cindy first. Come up and give testimony. Thank you, Cindy. Thank Go ahead. You. Tell people. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, my family has been in this church since 2013, and um, um, yeah, three weeks ago on February the 12th, uh, Pastor Law mentioned um, a testimony of a couple and their kid. Uh, their kid was sick, and no matter um, doctors or pastors' uh, prayer, they, um, mm, the kid was not healed. So, um, but after uh, the couple uh, forgive someone um, from uh, the God's word, and uh, the kid was healed. So, um, yeah, my experience. Uh, Starts from here. Uh, in the same week on Wednesday, um, everything looks normal, and uh, we had the normal dinner. But uh, in midnight, at around 2 a.m., uh, my son uh, Corey he had bad uh, diarrhea. Um, yeah, uh, he had diarrhea uh, for several times. Uh, uh, Sometimes it uh, recovers like uh, several days, uh, but the longest time uh, it took uh, for more than 10 days. And uh, um, even the pediatrician said, uh, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't uh, prescribe you any prescription to stop his uh, diarrhea, but you can try just uh, digest uh, um over-the-counter medicine to help his digest. So um, that night, uh, when he had a bad diarrhea again, I'm like, oh, so worried. So I pray with him, and uh, he slept right away. Uh, but after that, I continue to pray. Mm, I ask God, um, yeah, I ask uh, Lord, uh, no matter whether it is because of any um, diarrhea or, uh, I mean, uh, any uh, bacteria or uh, virus or anything from us, please um, let me know and uh, please heal him. So uh, right at that time, um, uh, the testimony from uh, Pastor Law uh, just jumped into my mind. And um, I ask God, I say, Lord, do you want me to forgive someone? I will obey you. And um, three persons came into my mind. Um, those persons, I don't hate them. I even don't uh, meet them very often. So I ask God, Lord, um, if you, uh, I, I don't hate them or dislike them. I just sometimes uh, don't agree with uh, their words or some way they do things. So I say, Lord, please help me. If uh, Please guide me to which level you want me to forgive them. And um, I will uh, forgive them and please help me to forgive. So... Um, after that, I sleep soundly. And um, in the morning, around 10 a.m., 
I worried again. I felt like very restless, and I, I just、uh, wanted to call a sister to pray with me together. But、um, I've already opened the contest list.、Um, but right before, <coughs> excuse me, right before I pressed the calling key.、Um, A very tiny and but very、uh, firm voice talked to me. Say, "You've already prayed," and I paused and thought, "Is it is it a voice from Holy Spirit?" So,、um, yeah, I, because I I've never experienced before. So, I I thought, if it is the voice from Holy Spirit, Corey is healed. If it is not. It's okay. I will、uh, call the sister tomorrow and pray together with her. So、um, in the afternoon, yeah, surprisingly, I saw Corey and he is fully healed. He didn't have any diarrhea in the whole day, so it's amazing. And also, I'm so excited that I hear the voice from God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful experience. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Wow, the Bible works. Amen. When you forgive and love people, there is another testimony from Pastor Pechi. Happened the same Sunday, February twelfth, when she listened to the sermon, right at the spot. Good morning, church. My name is Peishi. It was on the same Sunday,、uh, preaching Pastor Lau's preaching. I was sitting on the side, <clears throat> translating. At the end, when Pastor Lau did altar call, I was still translating. But then I heard a, that、uh, six two months ago,、uh, I was lift, I had beat、uh, in the car seat, and then、um, I had my Costco grocery in the big bag. So I thought I need to balance the weight. So B was about eighteen pounds. So I lift out the whole bag. <laughs> It was a wrong mistake. It was a really big mistake because I strained my whole arm, and after that, I can't even stretch my arm. If I put it straight,、uh, my muscle hurts. So for for about six weeks, I was praying and I was massaging. I do everything, but it was very frustrating because I can't even twist open a, a milk bottle because it hurts. So it's hard to take care of B with one functioning arm. So that Sunday when I was there. And、um, suddenly, I, ha- I heard God talk to me. He <clears throat> said, "Peshi, do you want your arm to be healed?" I said, "God, definitely. I've been praying. Who do you want me to forgive? Because Pasala was calling for us to repent and to forgive." So God brought two person into my mind, and I was surprised because I don't hate these two person, just like Cindy shared, and I don't hold any grudges over them. It's just something that they said a long time ago that. You know, it made me sad. I feel like I was devalued and I was not loved. Loved. So I said, God, I want to forgive it, forgive them, and let the incidents go. So that when I think about it any again, I never, I will never be sad again. So I did that prayer, and God said, lift out your arm. So I was able to lift out, pull my arm straight without any pain, and I can even twist and turn my muscles with no pain at all. I was so excited because. I I was repenting and asking God, who should I forgive? But there was that two person that I didn't even think about. So that、uh, the, on the way back home,、uh, Holy Spirit prompts me to share the testimony to my kids, and I shared it with them. And then God said, "Ask their forgiveness," because out of that two person, one of them is actually my own mother. So I said, God, I don't want to contribute 
to be a hindrance for my child to receive blessing. So I explained to them that, you know, I love them. And if anything that I said out of, sometimes you're giving impatient as a mother or you, you know, and I say something that hurt their feeling. So I asked their forgiveness too. So it was really exciting because, you know, God promises when we repent, he will heal us. Thank you. I would like to invite a couple to come up to give testimony about the saving grace of God. But before I do that, I'd like to read a few scriptures concerning the promises of God of parents who fear God and faithful to God. God has many promises for the godly parents. In Psalm 25 verses 12 to 13, who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity. And his descendants, his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will inherit the land. So God promised to bless the children of those who fear God. Psalm 102.28 The children of your servants will continue. Your children will continue. And their descendants will be established before you. Psalm 112, verses 1 to 2. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Are you glad? Your children shall be blessed. Acts chapter 16, 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. When we say saved, it doesn't mean only missing hell and go to heaven. Salvation includes everything. Healing, deliverance, get away from fatal accident or maybe some calamity. You will be saved and you and your household. When God bless his people, he will bless into next generation as well. I want to share with you one thing quickly, and I would like to inspire all the parents in this room. It's up to you. It's up to your decision. I accepted Christ in 1981. And when I woke up that morning, I accepted Christ on Saturday. I woke up on Sunday. I came out from strong Buddhism. I was playing animism, I can call a demon to come upon me. I can quote all the Buddhist teaching. And I gave my life to Jesus. It's like 180 degree turnaround. And then I woke up my wife that Sunday morning and said, let's go to church. We're going to go to church every Sunday from now on. A few years later, we have a daughter named Tanida. And I promise God, if it's not extremely emergency, life and death, if it's not something that we cannot avoid, we, I and my wife and my daughter at that time, will be in the church every Sunday. And the Lord told me, don't give any excuses. Don't give any reason to miss church. Because if you do that, you're not going to go to hell. You're not going to be punished like that. But you are creating the habit of your daughter to miss church. And when she turned 18 years old, she's going to say, hey, my parents do that. I'm going to do that too. 
I'm going to take it easy. And if it's convenient, I go. If it's not convenient, I will not go. It's not about convenience. It's about loving Jesus and commitment to Jesus. So, all the past 30-something years, we never miss church. We always take our children to church. And because of that, our children love to go to church. They wake up on themselves on Sunday. They dress up. I don't have to force them to go to church. And now they begin to bring their children to church as well every single Sunday. It's so important to build that discipline and lifestyle of seeking the Lord first. And it pays off because God bless those who seek Him diligently. God reward. And one of the reward is His protection. I would like to invite my son-in-law and my daughter to come up to give testimony about what happened two Saturdays ago at the Snoqualmie Fall. They would like to share with you how God bless and protect their family. Uh, we took our kids up skiing at Snoqualmie Pass uh, last Saturday. We've done it a few times before. We got there a little before 1 o'clock or so, signed up for a lesson, um, and got our lift tickets. We had our equipment in the rack closest to the lift ticket area. Um, can we show that first picture? So this is what the area looked like right there. That's the rack right there that we had our equipment at. You can see all the snow on top of the roof up there. Um, it's you know probably about five feet or so of snow up there. Um, so we put our stuff on, put our uh, lift tickets on, we're putting our equipment on, and uh, I go over to the garbage can, throw some trash away, start coming back, and I hear a sound up above me. I hear the snow shifting up above me, and my kids are still underneath that rack. Uh, so I start rushing over there. Nora managed to get away, but Josiah did not. He was under the rack when the snow fell. If you can show that next picture, this is the pile of snow that was on top of Josiah. Um, this picture was after I dug him out, not before. Um, <laughs> People got worried about that. Uh, so he was covered with um, over 500 cubic feet of snow, probably about three or four tons worth of snow. Um, I started digging right away. Other people came to our aid and dug as well. Um, he was under the snow for a good minute and a half or so with no oxygen of any kind, which um, Pastor Laz, the brain surgeon, knows that lack of oxygen is pretty bad. Uh, when we finally found him in the snow, which took a little bit of time, um, he came up screaming, so he still had his breath in him. He luckily did not lose breath or consciousness. Um, and so the paramedics came, checked him out, put a neck brace on him, and uh, really gave him a you know, full examination. We had him in an ambulance as well, and there was actually a pediatrician there who stopped by, saw that a kid was injured, and gave him a full, full examination as well. Um, and he emerged without a single scratch on him. So we just feel uh, incredibly blessed. That, I mean, the chances of something happening, you know, break a neck, break a leg, break an arm or a rib, um, or worst case, brain damage from lack of oxygen um, are all such real concerns with an avalanche. Um, and he was just completely unscathed. They could not believe how healthy he was and how happy. Um, and we're just so thankful to God. We said a prayer Wednesday at Bible study before we went up there. And on the way up, we all went around in the car, all four of us, and we all said a prayer of protection over our family. Um, and God just totally protected us. We were completely fine. Um, and we just want to give all praise to God for saving our kid. And um, just to add how miraculous this is, I don't usually know exactly where Josiah is. You know, if you have a boy, you'll understand. No, he's around, but oftentimes I don't know his exact 
location, especially when we're trying to get everything sorted out. And I happened to just be standing there putting Nora's lift ticket on and staring directly at him. And uncharacteristically, he was sitting just still playing in the snow. Um, and so right when it went on him, I actually watched it fall on him, couldn't grab him in time. And so Brendan was able to dig immediately and and normally if I didn't know that he was under there it would have taken us what a couple minutes to realize wait where's Josiah then a couple minutes more to figure out where is he under there to start digging so I just really know that that was a God thing and that I mean he could have literally died so I'm just really want to give honor to God and say that it was completely him and um, I'm just really thankful. And he was so, doing so well that the ambulance didn't even want to take him to the emergency room. They said, you guys can take him. I actually felt like he was so good. I wanted to stay and like keep skiing, but <laughs> Brennan wouldn't let me. So we still had to go to the emergency room. But when we got there, the doctor didn't even, my dad came, his dad came. So, um, he had a lot of doctors around him and he, um, <laughs> They didn't even want to take an x-ray or anything because he was just, he was completely unscathed. So we just know that it was um, God's angels around him and he had a helmet on, which he may not have, you know, because we hadn't gone up to the slopes yet. So it was really good that he had his helmet on. He had all, a lot of padding and his gear. And I just, it just couldn't have been a better scenario. Me knowing exactly where he was, where to start digging right away out in a minute and a half, so no lack of oxygen to the brain. So I'm just really thankful. So praise God. Thank you. Thank you. I want to expand what they're sharing a little bit more so you understand how critical and how gracious God is in this situation. Imagine yourselves in that situation, if you were them. Your son, six years old, this size, sitting on the ground, and tons of snow came down. If God did not protect him and them, they turn around and look at something else during what happened, they would not know that Josiah was under the snow. And maybe they know, but they don't know where. Okay, think about this. Two, that small kid with a ton of snow on can have a broken neck, broken arm, and whatever can happen to him because it's so heavy. Even a doubt can die. Actually, one neurosurgeon died when I first got to Seattle in 1985, 1986, because he got this thing happen to him in a snow ski. He died of the avalanche. So, this six years old, Number two, you need to understand from medical point of view, brain cannot lack oxygen for more than a few minutes. If you lack oxygen more than four to five minutes, you have brain death. Two, if you have lack oxygen for maybe two to three minutes, you can have we call anoxic brain damage. And that kid can be memory loss, can be in bad shape. Just lack of oxygen, not death but lack of oxygen and have brain damage. So the golden period is first one and a half to two minutes. In that pile of snow, how can you find your kid? 
in one to two minutes. You have to dig the snow out to get. I heard the story that even Brendan went into the wrong place, but another man got him out in one and a half minutes, and Josiah was fine. So you can see here that if you were in the situation, understand medical knowledge. This is serious. This is life and death situation. But the angel of the Lord protects Josiah, and he kept his promise. The, the Lord kept his promise in the book of Psalm and the book of Acts that you and your household shall be saved. Amen. It's a blessing to be a child of God and serve God and fear God. Amen. Let's give hand to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Tom, Harris, and the Pastor Brenda come to here to give us a testimony. While we are listening to their testimony, let us stir up our spirit of hunger. Yeah, we just pray that God do it again, do it to us, and do it through our hands. Let's welcome them. Good morning. Just want to tell you again, Jesus loved you. Our pastor and his wife loved you, and the leadership loved you too. Therefore, we should love one another. That's what the Bible says. And because God loved the world so much, that's why we have Valentine's Day. And Jesus loved all of us, all right? Let's say it together. I was excited. Say Jesus, I love you. He said, I take it. (laughs) Well, the testimony is sort of like tell the truth. I'm standing here with my wife and I'm being blessed. If I want to tell something about good about me, I have nothing to tell you. Because man, nothing to talk about how good he is. Only God is good. So you want to talk about something good in me? Let us vote about him, that he is so good to all of us. And if I say he is good to me, I believe that he will be good to you too. Because he is no respected person. He created all equal. Listen, our pastor said a while ago about God love us while we still a sinner. It's Roman 5 eight. He demonstrates his love for us while we still against him. Put the fist against him. And while we're here today because of his love. Amen. Now, talk about a love that he has love for me is that one thing I know. One thing that I know. I don't know what else do I know. But I know this. I don't meet church. If I don't come to church here, I go to mission. I sick, I still come to church. Not that I want to be sick. But where else shall you go? Like Peter tells Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the master. You are salvation. Where else shall I go? Go to the house of God. If you come to the house of God every week, sometimes the meeting, whatever it takes, the activity of the church, because in his presence, there is healing. And deliverance, it belongs to you. I don't care what sickness we have or what problem, because we live in a problem world, we have problem. But when you come to the Lord, 
He full of grace and mercy, and and His love for you. He will help you. I don't know how. I don't know what. You and Him know, and He know everything about you. You just come to Him, worship Him, ask Him. He will help you. That's one thing. Second thing, I thank my God that I have a wife that pushing me. You know, like used to be, I say she's very anointed, and sometimes annoyed because <laughs> because no, that take as a compliment, okay? I I I I I I, I thank my God to have a wife that like like a goat. You know, the the stick that poking the cheap. I come to church. Throughout all this year that I with our pastor 30 years ago, there's up and down in our life. Of course, I'm no better than all of you, okay? Matter of fact, certain situation I was. But God full of mercy. Amen. He, he, he's a God of promise. And I have learned one thing. Whatever he say in the Bible, you read it, you have faith upon it, stand upon it, his book, his word on the on the Bible, you claim it. Not a word. He write a check. Don't bounce. Like <laughs> don't bounce. Amen. You can draw in heaven. He he reward that because God cannot lie. Amen. He cannot be mocked. I stand upon that, and I am what I am today because of that. And the third reason is that I have a pastor who care. Look at his life and her life. Give up so much. You guys come later on, you may see he wear the suit and necktie and make a lot of money. I saw him when he made no money. <laughs> and so, so I could tell that he's down there and he's up there. But wherever he is, he learned to be content, like Paul say. Because contentment is a great game. And he has shown that. That's why the Lord bless our pastor, and we all to be blessed. The blessing comes from above to the leader of the house and flow down to all of us. Therefore, I want to tell you this. My wife is going to have another part. Is that if you want to be blessed, seek the Lord. Don't give up. Okay, the Lord knows your situation. He loves you. His love will never fail. Uh, Romans 8, 35 to 39 said there is nothing, nothing and absolutely nothing can separate his love from us. Amen. And the song we'll sing while ago, 1 John, 1 John 5, 21. He said, do not allow anything take the place in your heart from, uh, from God. In other words, do not let the idol in your heart that he have no place in you. And your life is going to be changed. And you're going to be a God of salvation. You will have peace and a great joy in your life. I experience it. You should experience it. Amen. Amen. Well, my husband and I just celebrated our 42nd wedding anniversary last month. And you know, old age not necessary to losing hair, but my reason of losing hair because I love to be lay hand, and a fire hand is hot. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I just want to give glory to God because, you know, my husband and I are really very different in our personalities and the way we um, express ourselves. And we're from opposite sides of the world. Literally, if you dug the way through the world from my home, you would end up in Bangkok, Thailand. So it's not really that opposite. And, uh, and then for the first 13 years of our marriage, we had kingdom clashes because I was a Christian and he was not a Christian. We got married. We were babies at 20 and 25. Two babies got married. <laughs> but by the grace of God, by the grace of God, he um, mended our relationship, gave my husband the new life in Christ Jesus. And now what you see today is totally opposite from what you would have seen 42 years ago. Totally opposite. Am I really that bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and me, myself. <laughs> and me, myself, changed from the shy, shy little girl that came from the cultural de- deprived area, you know, of the U.S., and changed into someone that God allows to go to the nations. And not that, not that my husband is perfect. Not that I'm perfect. We are not perfect people. We have made mistakes, and we still make mistakes. But we have a forgiving God. Whenever we make a mistake, we repent quickly. And our four children... Um, I don't know, I couldn't see all of them where they are. But our four children, not that they're perfect. No, they make mistakes. But they get up and they go on with God. So what I want to encourage you with is this. God doesn't have, he's not looking for the perfect person because there are none. Zero. Zero. He is looking for the people who are humble and yielded to him. Our family's been blessed In every way, every way. Matter of fact, when we were on a cruise two years ago on a whale watching tour, I was up on top deck and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I have far exceeded your expectations of what I can do in your life. And I said, whoa, you are so right. You are so right. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I encourage you, young people, children, old people. We're, we're 60 plus, okay? We're, we're getting in that old people stage. <laughs> but I tell you, God will never, ever shortchange you. Don't think you're going to get cheated by serving and following God. He's a good God, and he loves to pour out blessings on his people, and he does. One thing very, very critical to add this. As you know that God loves all of you, you have faith to believe what he said and settle it. Make up your mind that he really loves you. And when he loves you and he looks for somebody, someone who are faithful to him, in other words, don't give up and, and, and yielding to him, and the supernatural anointing will come upon you, you be wonder why, because he's simply looking for somebody who's willing to use you to him and allow him to be used. 
I went to trip this Thailand, and people get up on a wheelchair and heal and walk. I was surprised. Say, God, could you use a, a simple man like me that I, I showed up your glory so much. But what? He let me know that he's so good to me, and he will be so good to all of you. All of you could be, have a potential of a power of Holy Spirit within you, a demonstrate in your life. So be courageous. Cast all the sickness away by faith that he gave it to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Now we are going to turn the time to uh, the next uh, Nathan. Is Nathan here? Yes. Yeah, Nathan is burning for God, and he carried the fire to everywhere he goes. Thank you, Jasmine. Good morning, church. I want to spend a little time talking about how God has really shown love to me in my life. And I want to start with when me and my family came to this church about five or six years ago. And at that time, I didn't know God. And I was, I was a Christian. I knew theology. I could tell you all the stories from Nehemiah to Revelations. But I myself had not consciously witnessed the presence of God. I didn't experience that. I had no idea who he truly was. I only knew about him. And when I came to this church, I was backsliding very much from my faith. I was very rebellious, very angry, um, was a slave to temptation, to lust, to depression. And I was just dying on the inside as I came. And when I first came to this church, I was really against it. I didn't want to move. Uh, I had friends at my old church, right? And I would make all excuses I could, whether it be, oh, I'm sick, or oh, I'm tired, or oh, I got homework, and I wouldn't come. And then I remember it was at the first church camp we went to. And when I was there, I saw all these people being touched by the presence of God. And I was still very much against it, but I said, okay, will I regret this if I don't go up now? Will I regret this if I don't go up and experience the presence of God? And I said, yeah, probably. And so I went up and got laid hands on, got the presence of God on my life. And since then, nothing has been the same. Everything has changed. But it hasn't been all at once. It hasn't just been, oh, I was horrible before, and now I'm perfect. No, it's not like that. It's been little by little. God set me free, gave me joy, gave me new life, little by little. And I remember even last year, I was introduced to like, the topic of existentialism and was very confused, very, what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to serve? How do I want to use my life for? And I was very lost for a little period of time. But I, what I realized and what I hold today is that, number one, I'm in control of all of my actions. Everything I do is my own decision. And number two is that Nathan Lee died a long time ago. I, I stand here not as Nathan Lee, but as a representative for my Lord, my King, here to testify to you guys today. 
And from then on, it's just I've continued to serve, whether it be in youth, whether it be on worship team, the Christmas play, whatever it be. I want to further the kingdom. I want to serve my Lord. And it's, it's so true, the, the verse that says, those who try to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for me will find it. In Jesus, I found new life. I found hope. I've been freed from lust, from anger, from depression. And I have so much peace, so much joy in my life. And it's, it's so humbling to me. I don't know if you guys have read the verse, but in Ephesians 1.4, it says that God has chosen us before the beginning of time. He has loved us and chosen us before the beginning of time. And to me, that's so humbling because that God would pick out such a lowly man as myself and just raise me up, just continue to bless me, continue to have favor on me. Even when I was so far from God and he could have at any moment said, okay, we tried this, it didn't work out, we'll just let him go. And that's what I would have done. That's what any human would have done. But God just continued to speak life into mine. And in all things, I just see his work and his love. And just at this point, how can I not serve him? How can I not lay down my life before him? When he's done all these things for me, it's such a blessing. And I want to really just thank this church, thank Pastor Lau. And because the love that's been shown to me here, whether it's been from you or from a friend of yours, just Christianity isn't one person. It isn't one figure. It's a link of every Christian who's come before you, whether it's the person who led you to Christ or Paul and Simon Peter 2,000 years ago. Everyone working together has just shown so much love into my life, and you guys have been such a blessing to my life. I've changed so much in this church, and I love it so much, and I just love God and have experienced the presence of God nowadays. So thank you so much, church, and God bless you.